I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three, this two is one. The Real Brian Show. Well, it's still 2019. Sometimes I wonder, you ever wake up in the morning and think that you've time traveled and ended up in the year 3019? I know I do. Well, today, as always, we will be nerding out, helping you to level up your nerdy eclectic life. Got a movie review here. Spider-Man. Some entertainment talk. Not so shallow musings. And I think that we may just continue on last week's discussion just a wee bit. Thanks to something that 7Blue7 shared in the Slack group. Let's rock it. It is the real Brian show. Ah. Hi. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm still initiating surprise. I am Captain Influence. Ooh, and I am the real Brian. I like that. Initiating surprise. You know, I still wonder. Maybe that's why people are like, I have no idea what you're going to talk about is because there's that little subliminal message there about initiating surprise. And it's usually a surprise. Well, everything's a surprise. Everything is a surprise. I don't even really know what's going on in my life anymore. Do you? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So, you Not know, much. you know that the year is 3019. And like I said before, I wonder what it'll be like in 3019. I know, man. That would be. Did you Will remember? it really? I mean, it could really suck and it could be really awesome. I don't know. Or it could just be. Who knows? Who just knows? That's just fascinating. Do you think we'll actually have starships and warp travel by 30, 3019? Um. I don't know. It really depends on, you know, if, if uh, you know, on, on a lot of socioeconomic yeah. factors, honestly. I mean, we we have the fully full capability of having colonized the moon fully by now, but we haven't. Sure. Yeah. Why? Because of money. Uh, because just priorities, That's true. really. That's true. Yeah. So, I know. Um, I mean, we kind of, we kind of, you know. I don't even really know what the term is there, but you know, you go from let's work on spacecraft and NASA and everything. And we decided to do phones instead. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, whatever works. It's Although, just crazy to me that the technology that got us to the moon is, is crazy inferior to the technology in your pocket right now. Oh my gosh. It's insane. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Our phone is, I mean, I don't even remember how many times more powerful than what is what was in the original space shuttle or especially of course in some of the original capsules of course yeah even the space shuttle and especially yeah the apollo capsules it's yeah. it's crazy that's amazing 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 blows my mind you want to know something that we haven't done in a while what we've not celebrated the fact that it is friday thank god it's friday. yes thank you friday. oh happy friday come on i missed that song thank god it's Oh, it's been so long since we've done that. I know. It's, yeah. It should be every episode. I appreciate that you said we need to play that song again because it's been a long time. You're welcome. You know what, though? We're not, you know, technically supposed to really do that. We're not really, <laughs> you know, whatever. Screw technical. I, I, here's the thing, though. I'm I'm all about I want to share music so badly because, you know, as a former radio DJ, I got to play music for people. Now, granted, I know people don't care as much about, you know, if I were to play a, an entire song 
you know, or no. four songs in a row. And then you listen to us for, you know, three minutes. Nobody wants that. They want to hear us talk. Nobody. Exactly. Or they can go there, Spotify, whatever the heck you listen to. You can go there and you can listen to stuff. But what I wish I could do, and I'm working on this is to say, is. here's a brand new song that I've discovered. And here's a 15, 20 second clip of it just to give you a feel for it. Now go to my Spotify list, check it out, add it to your own Spotify list. I would yep. love to do that. I'm working on that. I really got it happen. Last time I checked, it was going to cost me about $250 per episode, even to play what I just did right now. That's nuts. It's stupid. I don't believe that. Well, that's, that's the legality of it. I mean, but you know, my, <laughs> here's the thing, dude, I'm trying to help these musicians get some exposure. So why wouldn't you, you know, make it affordable? Yeah. 10, <sighs> 10 to 15 second. Bit, I just can't, I just can't see why that would cost any amount of money. Really? Because they're greedy. It's simple. And it's not the artists. Yeah. It's the management companies. It's the lawyers. It's the lawyers. Yeah. It, well, it's the record it's labels. The lawyers. No, it's the record labels. It's the management. And it's the, you know, this, what do you call those? The ASCAP and the BMIs. I don't know what they're all called, but they just want money. I had a conversation with somebody from one of those a long time ago. And I said something about, well, first of all, he, he tried to call me on being illegal with our radio station, which of course I was not, it was very legal with it. And the guy was, you know, doing the whole bashing, you know, strong arming kind of threats and that kind of thing too. You know, we're going to, we're sending you a cease and desist. And if you don't do that, we're sending the cops after you. And I'm like, you're, you're being a freaking jerk, dude. I actually told him that because we were completely legal. We had all of the licensing and everything like that. And I said, dude, check it yourself. But I said, you're being a jerk about this. And then I said, you do realize that I don't get paid to do this because at the time, you know, we weren't. And I said, I'm helping the people that you represent. I'm playing their music. I'm getting it out there. And then I challenged him. How much money do these artists actually get that you don't keep, you know? And oh man, he didn't like that. It was amazing. We got into this really heated discussion and I kind of threw him under the bus a little bit because the guy was being a you know completed, complete idiot. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And I was just saying, hey, I'm here to help. I'm playing music because I care about these artists. I want to get their music out there. And I want to share ultimately it with he benefits from that as well. So it's they just kind do. of a weird situation to me. Oh, it's so greedy. It. So much greed. It's just unbelievable. And it's like, you know, help out the artists and you know, let's give money to these artists. It's kind of the same thing where a lot of times I'm like, give me a discount and I will up your tip kind of thing. Like yeah. let me put more money in your pocket for doing your job and serving me and helping me out versus money in the middleman pocket. So yeah, it's like if, if you get a coupon at a restaurant or whatever, yeah. and you hardly pay anything, most of us are still going to, we're not going to base our tip on that discount. We're going to base it on what the full price of the meal would be. Well, you so, should. Absolutely. Of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. So that, it's the same thing. Yeah, I agree. Well, that being said though, I have a couple of well, I've got a lot of new music on my, the real Brian's gloriousness Spotify mix. So check it out. Of course, I finally refreshed it because usually around the holidays, I don't really do much with that mix. But, you know, now that it's January, I put some new stuff. But do you remember Dido? Of course. Oh, my gosh. So I was a huge longtime fan of Dido. She's very soothing. And I'm not talking about the stuff you heard on the radio. That's too poppy for me. I'm talking about the stuff that you didn't hear on the radio. Very soothing, very ethereal. Loved her music. She's back after almost six years. She just put out two new singles and they're great. No. Is the drive of her newest music more acoustic or is it more techno or very much the same? Okay. Yeah. A lot of her same. St- I mean, you know, it's a little bit more modern, but it's her same style, which is awesome. So a lot of her stuff was a little electronic kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you can still say that. Okay. 
it's still that very, again, ethereal, calming, soothing sound. And you know what's amazing, though? Six years later, her voice still sounds perfect. That's great. That's good. It's funny. Whenever I hear her name, I think of an extinct bird. (laughs) The dido bird. I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) The the blue-footed dido bird. Yeah, no. Oh, my gosh. A lot of you know what I'm talking about, but yeah, no. Dido always equals dodo in my head. I don't know why. Well, and she's British, so that's cool. There's a band called Echoes. Also a huge fan of them. New song from them called 1216 that I'm a huge fan of. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, one, two, one, six. Check it out. Great song. So yeah, check out the music and all of those. I just wanted to share that now because wouldn't it be cool if I could just play a little 20 second clip and just be like, there you go. Now you can choose whether you like it or not right now. Wouldn't it be cool if we could play a 20 second clip of, of the hottest songs from the year 3019. Dude, dude, you don't even know. Oh my gosh. I I'm, I'm with you on that. That would be really cool. So so uh hello there what 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 you've got to be kidding me oh no i'm not kidding you at all i'm back who's this this is copter carl dude. uh dude are you serious copter carl it's been almost six years since i've talked to you man where have you been oh you know just uh flying around in my helicopter for six years straight yeah do you ever land and refuel no well you know i refuel in midair how is it even possible you know the it's gotta be a wreck in our refueling jets and stuff like that is dude how is that even possible the, never mind i'm not even gonna ask i'm not even gonna ask so hold on let me just give a little bit of a, a backstory here copter carl was our traffic reporter for our radio station uh, well six plus years ago station 514 which we used to do it was a good time and uh, uh, never mind. I, I really shouldn't share what I was going to say about him. But yeah, Copter Carl was our dude. And I thought you retired when we shut the station down. Oh, no, I'm, I'm still out here. And now I'm back to do your traffic now. Well, actually, we already have an eye in the sky now. Her name's the Green Butterfly. You're cheating on me. No, no. Like I said, <laughs> you retired. You're a jerk. Uh, OK, well, anyway, who's that uh, that guy with you? What's your name? I'm Captain Influence. Yeah, no, you sound like a Yahoo. I am. <laughs> okay, well, you know. So wait, I'm a total Yahoo. So what yeah. are you doing right now? Are are you still doing traffic? Are you, you know? Uh, actually, I'm sitting in front of Captain Influence's house right now, hovering, looking at your window. Wait a minute, hang on, hang on. Oh yeah, I've been stalking you. Oh, he's right there, dude. Hey, get that spotlight out dude, of my face. He moron. used to do that all the, the time. We'd be like, "What's the traffic like?" And he'd be like, sitting in front of you know somebody's home, like with his binoculars or whatever. He's, he's kind he's of a kind of a stalker and all that. Okay, well, what's, your, dude, Carl, your blades are gonna hit that tree. Don't worry, I'm a pro. I've been flying for five and a half years straight. Okay, thanks. No, uh, wow. no, oh, no. Gosh, how did he even get yeah. that frequency? Let's avoid that in the future if we can. I don't know, man. He he somehow <laughs> hacked our frequency there. He's still outside my freaking window. Yeah, I know. He does that. He hacks frequencies ah, and somehow. Stop it. I can't believe that All after right. almost six years. Ah. Anybody. <laughs> maybe he'll, I, I, I got to hang, hang on. I got to mess. Hang on. Hang on. I got to fix my blinds. Just a second. Yeah. Close Jeez, them. dude. Oh, my gosh. He's just sitting what out there. Tool bag. Yeah, he really is. He's He's a jerk. So he was our traffic reporter. I mean, I guess you get what you pay for because we didn't pay him. He was kind of a free one, but 
Yeah, I used to do traffic. And then, of course, you know, we went international with the radio station and, you know, he didn't have much to do anymore. But we shut down that station and I literally lost track of him. I cannot believe he found us. And me specifically, he asked who I was I when he ran outside my house. That's creepy. That's some, that's some spy stuff right there. Well, that's pretty, that's kind of impressive, I'm, actually. I'm not really sure what the heck, but I don't know. I hope we don't hear from him again, but we might. <laughs> well, for those of you who knew Station 514 and listened, you know exactly who Copter Carl is. He was, ar- yeah, like he was around a long time ago. But wow, that's um, okay. Well, anyway, moving on. All right, well, so yeah. <laughs> oh I can't see him anymore. So that's good. Can you still I hear, hear him? him? But I, I know. I was going to say you can still hear the, the helicopter. I don't hear it coming yeah. through your mic. So that's good. That's good. Well, on a sad note, and I'm not going to go into this too much, but my granddad passed this last weekend. And so, sorry. well, I appreciate that. And and I, actually, I wanted to say thank you very much for all the condolences I did post on Facebook. And it was something that was sort of coming. I mean, he was going to be 91 actually next month. Yeah, my granddad was a really, really neat guy. We had a lot of fun times together. I have a lot of great memories. You know, people have asked me, well, were you close to him? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, we had the privilege of, you know, growing up near them and being able to visit them quite a bit as I was a kid. Really, really neat guy. Super funny. Very intelligent. He was actually one of the top executives for American Airlines. He was a Marine, you know, tons of things that he did. So he's totally going to be missed. But I am glad that he's at peace. And, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough time for the entire family. But anyway, I just wanted to share that about him. Yeah. All of that being said, with funeral arrangements, helping out with all that good stuff, there's just a lot going on right now these these couple of weeks. So I'm not going to do an episode next week just to kind of get through all of this and then we'll jump back in, you know, the following week. I'll say this, though. Talked about last week joining the the Real Brian Show team. You know, we're, we're looking for people to get involved and, and to be a part of this whole team and getting some crazy stuff, fun, fun stuff going on. I'll tell you what, if we had the team formed, then we would have been able to do a show next week. And then I would have been able to say, here's the recording. Got to go. You know, got to keep moving and working on all this <laughs> stuff. And it would have been great. But you know, with me still doing everything, it's just impossible with just everything that's going on next week. And it's funny. I posted on Facebook. I don't know, probably a few weeks ago now, a couple of weeks ago, said I'm finally ready to play the piano again. And it's been four or five years, I think, since I've touched the piano. Maybe I've touched it, you know, once or twice, but really I haven't played for four and four to five years. It's been an interesting journey because I went through a time, I mean, I used to play professionally and we used to have a band. We played for church and other activities and stuff. And at one point, I think we played in front of close to 10,000 people. I mean, it was just so much fun. There's a lot that goes on to music. If you go and you see Bohemian Rhapsody, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know that there's just a lot that goes on in there. And music is a creative pursuit. It's an art. And then there's all the people that get in the way of that. <laughs> Yes, (laughs) there was a lot that went on, you know, during those years, there was music that I was, I wouldn't say forced, but let's just say that I had to play that drained me. I don't mind listening to jazz, but I don't enjoy playing jazz music. And there were a few years where I just had to play jazz back and forth and back, just constantly back to back. And I was just like, oh, and it was just killing my desire to play. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, there was, you know, being under leaders that would or, you know, musicians that were in charge, essentially, that would tell you to play a certain way, you know, stifle the creativity, make you sound like an idiot, you know, cut you down all the time. There was just a lot of stuff like that. A lot, a lot of draining musical stuff, but then also even a lot of hurt that went on, you know, within the music side of things for me somewhere along the line. I was just like, I don't want to play anymore. This is just not fun, you know, and it, and it actually is bringing back bad memories. So I just decided to stop playing, which 
was actually really nice. As, as crazy as that is. Now, for those of you who know my music and know me playing, I was classically trained. You know, I played for 20 plus years. And so it's not like I was just some nice musician. Like I was a professional. And so not playing was tragic for a lot of people. They were just like, dude, you had a talent like you've you can't let that go. That always nagged at me and that always created a lot of guilt and, you know, anxiety and pressure and stuff. But then I just finally had to let it all go and say, I have to walk away for a while. So I posted on Facebook that I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start playing again finally, but on my own terms. I need to play the music that yeah. I like and I need to do it for people. I haven't done it yet. And then oh. with my granddad's passing, all of a sudden they're like, hey, we want you to, um, you know, play at the funeral and learn a couple songs. And I'm like, dude, I haven't touched this piano in five years. <laughs> And now I'm nervous. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. So that's another reason why I like I can't do a show next week. I gotta, I gotta play. I gotta focus. I gotta get back. Which you know, it's a a sad but good reason for me to finally get back to the piano. So maybe you'll start hearing stuff on the show. Okay. If I, can I hope so because I haven't heard anything you played before. You haven't even played for me when I was in studio. Well, I haven't played for Sarah for five years. So <laughs> okay. she, she kind of comes first. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the joining the Real Brian Show team. We've had some great interest and I want to say thank you so much to those of you who have stepped up and said, yes, I would like to be involved. Very excited right now. And in fact, it looks like we even have a couple people already that are wanting to be a part of the blog posting team and kind of getting that stuff rolling and having a great time. So thank you so much. I am still wanting to get somebody in the editor producer role for the show just so that allows me to focus a little bit more on, you know, the content and working on some of the stuff that I want to do for the show, which will move everything forward. And again, we've got some interest potentially there. I've got some other potential interest. So thank you so much for the interest. However, it's not over yet. If you have any interest in being a part of this team, please, please let me know again. I'm going to put my email in the show notes. You'll be able to go to realbryanshow.com and see the email. You can also contact me through realbryanshow.com. Or if you can memorize this, it's TRB at realbryanshow.com. If you have any interest in being involved, and one of the things that I said this last week, and I've said, I'm still saying this, I'm not looking for an exceptional amount of time. I'm looking for a little bit of help from a decent amount of people, and that compounds, and it'll just be this glorious, glorious team that we're doing. And the reason I'm saying this is, again, we've got so many great ideas that we wanted to do with this show. We want to move the show forward. But I've finally come to a place where I'm like, I can no longer do this alone. And really, I shouldn't because I'm one person. That's one person's view. Eh, If it's a team, Eh. then it's awesome. Like so much better. I mean, how many of us prefer? I don't know. Maybe maybe not everybody, but I know I'm one of these people. How many of us prefer to go to an Avengers movie versus a solo superhero movie? I think a lot of us really do enjoy the team up because you get so much more true there was a great analogy that i heard that you know draft horses one draft horse can pull so much if you put another draft horse you know next to it then wouldn't we normally think it would pull double the amount twice as much right it's actually exponentially greater huh so you know that's the cool part about having a team is that we could exponentially do so much more with this show now i had a great conversation with scarlet synapse and miss light about bringing back interviews. That's something I've wanted to do. I know many of you have mentioned that. You've said, please bring back the interviews, and I'm very excited about that. 
So that's something that I definitely want to do when it comes to building this team and having the capacity to, to do that as well as some other new and great things. So Ooh. I'll share. I'm not, I'm not going to share those because uh, we want them to be a little bit of a surprise. But now if you just simply don't have time and I totally understand, I know many of us are extremely busy right now. We can barely keep our heads above water and stuff. So I totally understand that. Would you please consider going over to the Patreon page for the real Brian show though, and supporting and helping out, you know, with the real Brian show patreon.com slash real Brian show. Now, for those of you who don't know what Patreon is, it is a crowdfunding portal essentially to support the things that you love. And it's mostly for, you know, art kind of things like podcasts and people that are doing videos and basically people who are creating content is essentially what it is, creating things for people. And it's a way to safely and securely support those things. So, you know, just know that you doing that, you know, you're completely safe. You're, you're protected, you know, through Patreon. It's a legitimate company, of course, that, that uh, is kind of the intermediary on that. You know, I would really appreciate it. And I mentioned this last week too, that, you know, the show does cost to do. It costs, of course, in money on a monthly basis. And then, of course, just the time that we put into it. And I mentioned this last week. It's a labor of love. We don't get paid for this. We never have. It's just something that we do because we love doing it. Of course, we'd love to see this turn into something even bigger and greater. And that's the goal of what we're working on. And that's why I'm trying to pull the team together. And the other thing that I'll share, and and I was super, super, super hesitant to share this because this is just not the kind of stuff that I'm typically comfortable with sharing on the air. You know, when it rains, it pours. It's interesting because I had one client come to me right at the end of 2018 saying, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm going to find someone cheaper and go from there. Now, hopefully able to keep that client, hopefully able to still negotiate. And so hopefully that's all good. You know, and then with my granddad passing and then I was just notified today that one of my largest clients, it's a conglomerate of shows, decided same thing. They're going to go elsewhere and find someone cheaper. It's a huge hit financially. Unfortunately, the income will not pay the bills and I can't justify pulling out of savings to pay for the show either, unfortunately. So I do not want to shut the show down. I want to keep the show going. We've mentioned a hundred times how much we love doing the show. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep this show going and I'm going to do everything in my power to, you know, move forward and get my feet under me and, you know, never give up, never surrender sort of thing. But this is why I'm asking if there's any ability within you to help out on Patreon, please. I mean, even a little bit from a, a group of people can go a long ways. If it's something you can do now, granted, I, I know if, if you're in a financial situation right now on your own, don't do it. You know, in fact, just heard from another close friend who said that they're going to be getting laid off, you know, by February two, And I'm just like, my gosh. So, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a financial situation of your own, don't, <laughs> don't help, please take care of yourself right now. Do that. But if there's any, any way you can help, if there's anything you can do, really, I want to keep the show going. I would really appreciate if you go to Patreon. I'm not asking you to pay my personal bills. I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking you to help keep the show afloat. Please help support the show at this point and let's keep the show going. Let's keep things moving and I will get my feet under me. I'm not going to give up, but uh, any any help you can give right now would be tremendously appreciated. You know, as, as Spider-Man's uncle Ben said, with a great team comes great results. Amen, Uncle Ben. Hey, speaking of Uncle Ben and Spider-Man, I went to go see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with Yanni Pistola and also uh, Superman. Actually, I went to go see it with Superman, too. So how is Superman these days? He's great. 
been doing some some powerlifting competitions and had a good Christmas with his family, stuff like that. So anyway, okay. Spider-Man, man, <laughs> that was amazing. It looked fun in the previews. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll see it eventually. I think it threw most of us off because it's animated. Yes. And at first I was like, eh, I don't know. But then I saw the reviews were some of the highest reviews of any superhero movie ever. So I thought I should go see it, you know? So it's the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I think hands down, it's the best Spider-Man movie by a long shot. Really? And I would absolutely say it's one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. That's sweet. That's good to know. Yeah. I, I, I'm know. much more excited about it now. Cause I was, I was just kind of, I mean, it, it looked more like a, it looked kind of like a kid's movie. Definitely not sort of. And yeah, so it just, the animation part, I was one of those that it threw me and I was, and when I saw the previews in the theater, I was, I was kind of, eh, it yeah. looks fun, but I don't know if I'll see it, but now I definitely will see it. Yeah, I was, I was, well, that's the thing. I was thinking the exact same thing and then hearing the reviews and here's the thing though. Like, I don't think a lot of people ended up going to it because of that. Yeah. And then those course. that went, were going, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It is yeah. like watching a Marvel movie, but it's animated. Now, granted when you've got animated versus live action, it costs less and you can do more with it. So it was now here's the thing. I actually loved the choice of the art direction. It was like watching a, well, it was like watching an animated comic book. There were moments, you know, where you hear thought processes, you know, and then the boxes would come up or they'd say something and you know, the bubbles would show up. Really? So it was like, (laughs) this is like watching a comic book. This is really cool, but it was extremely funny. Hilarious. I was, and we were all laughing. The theater was laughing so much throughout the entire movie there were some hilarious nods to all of the Spider-Man iterations. So Uh I think you'll like that. And uh, like I said, the choice of the art direction in general was actually very cool. Once you get into it and you start watching it at one point, I even forgot it was animated and then I was like, Oh yeah, this is an animated movie. So that was kind of interesting for those who don't really know what it is. What, what's the premise behind that movie again? It basically involves the multiverse. Yes. So various Spider-Man iterations all, show up like they did such a good job with it because you know you've got your you know the first spider-man iteration from you know the early 2000s with toby Maguire. yeah my favorite you've got that right and they paid homage to that so you've got that and then you've got your andrew garfield version of spider-man which was this the next reboot and now you've got your i don't think they really did a whole lot with the latest iteration just because they're still doing movies with those okay but then you've got iteration yeah, you've got your other iterations of Spider-Man throughout the years, you know, and so you've got that with Spider-Man Noir, you know, the Spider-Pig, Spider-Ham, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's a lot of little things in there that they bring together that are like, wow, they did so, so well with that. Huh. So it's extraordinarily worth going to. Absolutely. I think it was far better than Mortal Engines and I liked Mortal Engines, but this was just much better. Soundtrack was good, but not memorable. In fact, I can't even remember the theme at all, but they also did a lot of additional songs, you know, from various artists. And I loved that and it fit nicely. In fact, we were talking about Aquaman. You know, they had the song with Pitbull and the the Africa version, you know, from Toto. Mm -hmm, Yep, It, It didn't fit. And I said they had a lot of poppy music in Aquaman. And I'm thinking Jason Momoa Aquaman needs to have hard rock music, you know. Yep. Or at least very much a fast and furious vibe where you've got hard rock and you've got some some good hip hop or rap and stuff. That to me is what would have fit with Aquaman. They didn't do that. However, with this movie, the music, the choices of the artists fit perfectly. 
you know my thoughts on voice acting when it comes to animated. I've talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. To me, I can't stand it. It seems usually way, way, way too over the top. You know, exaggerated, exaggerated. Yes, exactly. It just drives me crazy most of the time. The voice acting in this, in my opinion, was so natural and so well done that I'm like, that is what an animated movie should be. Period. Again, highly recommend it. And it makes me want to play the Spider-Man game finally on PS4. (laughs) I'm ready now. I'm like, oh, dude, I want to play that. But Aquaman and Spider-Man, you'd recommend seeing as soon as possible in a nice theater. I think Aquaman, yes, just because of the beauty that you want to see, you know, with the screen with Spider-Man, it's been out long enough that it might be okay to wait till a cheap theater. But if you're like, well, I don't have anything to do. Go see Spider-Man. It's good. While we're on the movie TV kick, Mm -hmm. you've got a show you've been watching. I finished Titans finally, and it was the last one called Dick Grayson. And it was bizarre, man. I don't, I don't know what that episode was all about. (laughs) kind of like what was the point of this episode didn't make a whole lot of sense Uh, i mean okay let me let me take that back it did make sense and i guess it does further kind of the whole tension that we've seen with dick grayson throughout the entire season one so in that sense it was good but it was still kind of bizarre it was trippy but i'm looking forward to seeing season two because it sets it up really nicely for season two so anyway great show holy cow that is in my opinion one of the best superhero shows out right now if not the best it was great. Orville has returned for season two, like last week or two weeks ago. Very cool. Have not watched it yet. Yep. But I've not heard good things about it. Sadly. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but some of the reviews that I just kind of accidentally saw, I was just kind of looking around like, Oh, what's going on with this? And I heard some reviews and people are saying that, you know, what was amazing about season one, they're not doing with season two and they're trying to push too much. Wow. You went too far. Like you're kind of pulling out some family guy ish kind of stuff. I don't know. I haven't watched it, but a lot of people are upset. Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah, (laughs) I don't know, man. It's I'm going to watch it just to see what's going on because I, I want to see because I love that show, but I haven't heard good things. So, and then manifest is back. I'm excited. Haven't watched it either. So that's just the return of, you know, the second half of season one, but you're watching something. Well, I watched something. I watched Netflix's Watership Down. If any of you as old as me remember, back in the late 70s, they made a movie. It, well, it's, it's, a, it's a novel that was written in the early 70s, like 72. The author's last name was Adams, I think. Mm-hmm. I read um, the novel. And, okay, and it's like a 600-page novel. I've never read the novel. They made, made a really artsy kids movie about it in the late 70s, like in 78. And I've seen it probably five, six times in my life. And it was really good. Netflix and the BBC teamed up to make, I think it was like a six part series, something like that, mm-hmm. that was, you know, just based on the novel. And, and I, it was okay. I mean, I've, I've looked at reviews online about it too, to see if, it, if, you know, if, if the critics agreed with my issues with it, I enjoyed watching it, but it was, and, and going to your, um to your voice acting point, I thought the voice acting in this was pretty darn good. It was not over the top. It did. It wasn't exaggerative, but it wasn't that type of a movie either. Uh, you know, a lot of the Pixar films are going to be uh, guilty of that over the top voice acting because mm-hmm. of how over the top its characters are. And the characters yeah. are in those movies. Watership Down was much more low key. All British actors and actresses doing the voices. Some of them famous like John Boyega. But my issues with it were just that it, you know, there were a lot of rabbits. You could kind of tell the differences between them, but you had to pay really close attention 
to know that, oh, that's Bigwig. Oh, okay, that's Hazel. That's Fiverr. That's Bluebell. Or <laughs> so it was a little confusing in that regard. And and some of the, you know, the the bad guy bunnies were you can only really tell them because they were a little bigger than the other bunnies. And st- so it's about bunnies, folks. I mean, <laughs> to, I, I honestly don't, I'm not quite sure how or why that novel has become such a phenomenon over the decades, to be honest, because, uh, of course, it's silly for me to say that because I haven't read the novel. So how can I even speak to that? But it's about rabbits and apparently it's pretty compelling. So, but like I said, I'm a real, I'm a huge fan of the original movie in, in 78 and I've even seen it later in life and it still held up. I, I still liked it. I even wrote a song when I was in middle school based on having watched the movie. It was similar to a song in the movie. So, But I've got mixed feelings about the Netflix version. So I, I guess it follows the book fairly closely. It's not a terribly exciting series, that's for sure. Uh, it's I have mixed feelings about it. So anyway. I read the book elementary school, I think. I don't even remember mm-hmm. why. I remember having to read it. It wasn't something that I think I chose to read. But I remember not enjoying it. And maybe it was because it was 600 pages. I don't know. But I thought it was depressing and slow and boring. And, and I don't know why, though, because I don't remember what the story is even about anymore. You just said rabbits. And I remember that much. But I remember just like going, oh, I can't stand this. But I was well, young about, and I don't remember much about it. So I don't know. To narrow it down, it's about a, a rabbit named Fiverr has these dreams and they're these visions that come true. He sees that his warren is going to be overrun by, by humans. They're going to wreck the warren to build some development. You know, he tells his brother Hazel, Hazel believes him. They try and convince all the rabbits in the warren to come with them to find a new warren because their warren's about to be destroyed and they're all going to die if they stay. And so they convince a few of them, but the the rest stay and they all die. And and the ones that leave, and the the stories about the ones that leave their journey to the other warren, they come in conflict with another rabbit warren that is really oppressive. Uh, that's run by these very militant rabbits that are evil, essentially. And in the original cartoon, it's a really pretty dark movie for anyone who, who's seen it. After watching the Netflix version, I want to see the old version again, just to remember why I liked it so much more. It's obviously pared down a lot more, too, than the Netflix version, which stretches it out over six episodes or mm-hmm. whatever. But anyway, that, that's that's the gist of what the movie's about. So okay. the trials and tribulations of a group of rabbits. Well, there you yeah, go. So yeah. If you're all into that's that, what I've been watching. Rock it. Make it happen. <laughs> that's funny. Seven Blue Seven posted an article from the Washington Post in our Slack group. Please do join the Slack group, by the way, if you want to get involved in the conversation. The Slack group link is going to be at the bottom of the show notes. So just go down there, click on the link. You got to sign up for a free account. And then, you know, you've got to join the actual Slack group. Just follow the instructions. It's pretty easy. But yeah, come join us. The good article. Very interesting. It talked about, so that the title is called What's Behind the Confidence of the Incompetent? This Suddenly Popular Psychological Phenomenon. That's the title. Then it talks about the Dunning-Kruger effect, explaining why unskilled people think they know it all and tend to be overconfident. Now, this kind of bounces off a little bit of what we were talking about last week. You know, the pride thing, need to listen to people. I mean, that sort of bounces off that, but it also bounces off Another conversation that we had talking about why do people get promoted to their highest level of incompetency, i.e. bad bosses, that kind of thing. Something that I think Miss Ice originally brought up kind of went from there. Well, you were talking about it too, that you've had a good boss, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think this bounces off of that very nicely. Now, granted, this article talks about, you know, what the whole 
study and theory is the effect and everything. But then it also does go into comparing it with what's going on with the Trump administration. We're not going to talk about the Trump administration here on the show. I don't, I don't want to get into politics. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, that's just not going to be our, our conversation. However, I love this article from the first part talking about the effect and you know, we all know someone, we all know someone in our lives on a personal level that thinks they know it all when they really don't. And I mean, I sure. shoot, I, I could name quite a few, <laughs> so you know, people that I've known or, over the or, years. or someone who thinks that they are more competent than they really are. They're sure. just very, they're confident about their competence. Yeah. But if they were to take themselves out of themselves, that they're not as competent as they think they are. Sure. You know, and it's interesting because I firmly, firmly believe in having confidence. Absolutely. Confidence with a healthy dose of humility is a really good thing. Of course. It's, it's essential. Someone who has very little knowledge in a subject yet claims to know a lot about it. And that person might even boast about being an expert. And this is, as I mentioned, the Dunning-Kruger effect. It was a 1999 paper in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. David Dunning and Justin Kruger put data to what has been known by philosophers since Socrates or Socrates, who supposedly (laughs) said something along the lines of the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. You could look at this simply as that incompetent people think they know more than they really do, and they tend to be more boastful about it, as mentioned. So then, of course, these researchers quizzed people on several topics like grammar, logical reasoning, humor. After each test, they asked the participants how they thought they did. Specifically, participants were asked how many of the other quiz takers they beat. Interesting. Dunning was shocked by the results, even though it confirmed his hypothesis. Time after time, no matter the subject, the people who did poorly on the tests ranked their competence much higher. So they thought they did better than they actually did. Test takers who scored as low as the 10th percentile ranked themselves near the 70th percentile. And those least likely to know what they were talking about believed they knew as much as the experts. They did additional things like math skills, wine tasting, chess, medical knowledge among surgeons, firearms, safety among hunters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Their results basically saying that when the incompetent are unwilling to admit they have shortcomings, obviously this is a problem. And knowing that they're so confident in their own perceived knowledge that they will reject the idea of improvement. And then, of course, their follow-up research showed that the poorest performers, i.e. those who knew less than they should, are also the least likely to accept criticism or show interest in self-improvement. And that right there, that really got to me because that explains a lot of why over the years I've been very frustrated. This Again, this is my personal experience. When I'm going out there and saying, hey, I learned something that's bettered me, whether it's bettered me as a podcaster or it's bettered me as a person in general or whatever, you know, you, you name it. But it's like, hey, I learned this. This bettered me. And I would just innocently share it with someone or I would share it on, you know, my podcast because I would be excited to share it. Not because I was saying you need to hear this because you suck. It was more of a this is exciting. And I found that probably 80 percent of the response that I actually got whether it be face-to-face or, you know, through podcasts, people will be like, oh yeah, I already know all that. When clearly they actually (laughs) didn't. So it's interesting that, you know, yes, they're focusing on the Trump administration and yes, you know, they're saying, well, we know some people, but I'm like, actually, I'd I'd like to say that close to 80% of people that I've interacted with in this world are like this. Oh, interesting. We, and this goes back to what I said last week about pride and, you know, you don't want to admit weakness and, 
you know, because, oh, then, you know, the wolves smell the weakness. They smell the blood in the water, you know, or I guess it's sharks smell blood in the water, but you know what I mean? It's the yeah, it's, <laughs> wolves smell the blood in the water. <laughs> well, it, but what, you're, do what you're talking about is, is a, is an instinct thing. Uh, you know, that, that might be ingrained in certain people's genetic makeup almost. I've always thought that the Dunning-Kruger effect had a lot to do with just insecurities of one sort or another. Oh, you know, yeah. someone who's someone who's more secure in their psyche or whatnot is going to more readily ag- admit that they don't really know what they're talking about most of the time. Uh, I would agree. You know, the, the, to to agree with the the famous Socrates axiom of true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. And I've always been a huge believer of that. <laughs> ever since, in fact, ever since Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, when I saw that <laughs> when I was a kid, I researched Socrates after that and found that he is famous for saying something along those lines. Yep. And I thought, wow, that's so wise. You know, <laughs> of course yeah. that makes perfect sense. Only a truly wise person can't will admit either both to themselves and to others that they don't really know that much and that there's so much to learn. Basically, even even when you think you know everything, that you've got way more to learn than you know. So there are some people with uh, certain kinds of insecurity who it's it's just too uncomfortable for them to admit mm-hmm. that uh, or to show that quote unquote weakness. Throughout history, it has very dire consequences. Oh yeah, this Dunning Kruger Dunning Kruger effect is is quite possibly one of the biggest causes of human suffering ever. Oh, I would agree in one way in one way or another. So yeah, totally. No, actually, I think you're exactly right because we both know that attitude really truly makes a difference one way or the other. We know that. Like, I am a hundred percent confident in knowing that if I have a bad attitude, then I'm going to get bad results. Versus yeah, if I have a worse good day. attitude, I'm going to have better results. Like I'm a hundred percent confident in that and I'm competent in that as well. But then I think the other time you just got to say, Hey, you know, I don't know all of this and it's good to learn and it's good to be open to somebody else who knows more. I mean, that's why we all should have mentors and coaches of some kind in our lives at some point. I mean, I completely agree with you when you said that one of the greatest reasons for suffering in this world for all time is thinking we know more than we really do and not being open to criticism, teaching, learning, essentially humility. But if you really do know something and being confident in it, then that actually can help people. So I think sure. there's a true balance in that area. But yeah, I would agree that, you know, somebody's like, oh, I know about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, yeah, you know, well, you know, that's that's stupid. That's just plain out stupid. But I, would, do I would even go so far as to say that even Dunning and Kruger would admit that they still had so much more to learn about the subject, even though they wrote a whole psychological paper on it. So totally. And again, this goes back to the knowledge and wisdom discussion we were having last week. Just knowing the fact that pride hurts doesn't do anything to give me the power that I need. It's having the wisdom behind pride, applying it in my own life, which of course I'm never going to be perfect at it, but see, that's what gives me the power is to know that pride is stupid but if I do nothing about it, then I have no power, but I know it, but I have no power. But by gaining that wisdom and gaining and putting it into application, now I'm like, oh, I need to be open to the fact that I don't know everything and that's okay. And I need to be able to yep. step back and say, you know, I don't know enough about this. I need to learn more about this. And, but then again, again, it just comes back. It's all about balance, man, because I think there's a lot of people that get stuck in this one or the other. Like I know everything. I'm confident. I'm good. Everything's great. Those people tend to be more successful, interestingly, because people believe more confident people. Then there's the other people that tend to be so humble 
that they never get anywhere in life and they're consistently looking at their shortcomings and looking how much they suck and they they're consistently mm-hmm. focused on the things they're doing wrong that somebody's going to come to them one day and say, dude, you actually already know this. You're already doing this. You <laughs> need confidence in this. I've been told yeah. that. So there's balance. It's balance, man. The total, total balance. Yes, yep. absolutely. Because there's nothing wrong at all with confidence and, and no. exuding confidence to people around you. It's just some people go too far. Yeah, that's the extremes. Didn't they say that about the Sith? Sith or extremists? Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Don't be a Sith. Don't be a Sith. Yes. Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. If you can kill two birds with one stone, can you kill 20 birds with a boulder? Probably. Depends on how big the boulder is and if the birds will keep still. Well, you know what the music means. It's time to go. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. I don't want to go. And that know. stupid copter guy's still outside. <laughs> No episode next week. How he hovers there so long. No episode next week. As a reminder, we'll be back in two weeks. But thank you so much. Go to realbryanshow.com. Get all those links. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.